hello coming to you from the back patio of my parents house we are in, sitting outside and we're getting ready to record a new episode of the ben brown won't shut up podcast this is the first episode i believe in almost a year uh i have been away as you can see but you know i'm back and hopefully i'll start dropping some more episodes here soon more frequently but uh today joining me today very special guests of mine uh my parents my mom hello and my dad hello and we are just going to kind of relax and just have some conversations about you know about them you know their life growing up um you know they they served a lot of time in the military and my dad is retired military retired air force how many years 24 24 years mm-hmm. so what was your class or was it your what is it your rank your rank that's it your rank <laughs> i was uh retired as a master sergeant or an e7 e7 yeah awesome yeah uh, i mean of course i knew that but our listeners may not know that and mom you are a very talented person yourself i think you're even sewing right now as we <laughs> do this episode mm-hmm. what are you what are you sewing i'm fixing a blanket you're fixing a blanket okay all right that is too, no surprise mm-hmm. <laughs> so um so you guys have been both out of the military life for quite some time now you retired in like what the mid-90s uh 1994 1990 no excuse me 1996 1996 yes do you two do you two miss it mm, yes a, a little bit yes <laughs> yeah what uh so you you spent you you know you traveled and of course you also you know you've had five kids along the way mm. i am one of them thankfully and uh, I'm actually the youngest, but uh, so so for our listeners, where exactly have you guys been stationed at? Where did you live, like? Well, uh, I went into the Air Force in October of 1972. Uh, from the there, I went to tech school in Biloxi, Mississippi, uh, to March of '73. And then uh, in March of 73 uh, was when we got married. Uh, we traveled from uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, where she was living, to uh, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, a base that was named K.I. Sawyer Air Force Base. We spent two and a half years there. Uh, then we got stationed over in uh Overseas, uh, we went to Japan, northern Japan, a, a base called Misawa Air Base. It was a joint Japanese Air Force, uh, U.S. Air Force base. Uh, we stayed there for two and a half years. Um, that's when we adopted Adam. Uh, from from uh, Japan, we went to Oklahoma City, uh, a place called Tinker Air Force Base. Again, another two and a half year assignment. Uh, there we welcome Matthew into the world, and then uh, from there we went to England uh, to a place called RAF Fairford. It was in the Cotswolds of England, which is probably a little northwest of London by about two, two and a half hours. Had a great time there. From there we moved down to Southern California. We went to uh, San Bernardino, California, to a base called Norton Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. Uh, there we welcomed Karen and Chris, our twins. Stayed there for um, not quite two years, and then uh, had a new assignment uh, to Hickam Air Force Base in Hawaii. 
went to Hickam Air Force Base for probably close to five years. And that's when you, Ben, came along. And so we were there. And then uh, to get out of one assignment, uh, I took another assignment up to Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin. And we were up in Madison for almost five years. After uh, Wisconsin, we moved down to uh, North Carolina, a little town called Goldsboro, with the Seymour Johnson Air Force Base. Um, it was a uh, U.S. fighter base uh, there for almost two years. Uh, and then from there, we got reassigned here to Scott Air Force Base in Illinois. And uh, we were there for maybe two years, and I retired in 96. I think my August of 96 was uh, my last day of working in uniform. And that's the extent of our travels. Oh, oh. Well, yeah, you've been to a lot of places, both of you. Yeah. I mean, you guys have almost pretty much seen a lot of, I mean, a lot of the world. Yeah, we didn't get to see everything we wanted to see, but uh, yeah, well, we did see a lot. We had a, had a good time in England. Uh, we had a good time in Hawaii. Japan was a, was a very big adventure for us because we were both in the, just turning 20s, in our younger 20s. It was a nation that we didn't really know the language or couldn't read the language either and uh, <laughs> so it was really an adventure for us Japan we enjoyed that yeah mm-hmm uh, you know you you guys have lived in a, a lot of places probably the most interesting to me though was probably Hawaii yeah for personal Haw reasons but um, Hawaii was very interesting it was um, of course there was always the beaches we yeah had, so we always had some place to go um the weather there was always nice i mean anywhere the lows could get down in the 60s but that was rare and uh, the highs could get up in the 90s but you always had the trade winds blowing which made it feel nice mm -hmm. um, so yeah it was it was really really a nice enjoyable comfortable assignment uh, the only downfall with Hawaii is that uh, you're on an island, so you can only go so far. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but we did enjoy our time there. Yes. Yes. So, so, Mom, while Dad was, you know, off working in the military and doing uh, top secret stuff that I'm sure he's not allowed to say, what were you doing? I was raising five children. <laughs> and what was... Uh, what, uh, you know, of all the places in the world where you raised such children, you didn't have five until I came along. Right. So I guess Hawaii probably would have been the most challenging or the easiest because I, I think I was the easiest kid that you had. <laughs> probably. Um, well, where was the most difficult place to raise kids that you remember? That was just, you just, you couldn't wait to get out of there. It was, you, you needed that to would get. Be, that would be Wisconsin. Wisconsin? And what, and what made Wisconsin so rough? Was it just where we were, all the kids were at, at the times where we were there, like at the ages, or the, you know, the weather, or? Well, you know, the weather you can adjust, but I think it, um, when we were stationed in Wisconsin, we weren't really with a military family. Mm, okay. Our friends weren't military, so we didn't have the support that yeah. we had on an actual Air Force base. Yeah. And I think that we missed that. A lot. The civilian community really didn't understand the military community, and so they weren't as supportive as I think. Um, that they could have been, or should have been. That they should have been. Yeah. Could have been. Well, I'm glad you got out of there. Yeah, oh. me too. 
Mm-hmm. I don't see a and reason. And they weren't to go, very diverse. I don't see a reason to go back. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> But, know, okay, so where was the most ideal place? Like, what was your guys' favorite place that you wish you didn't leave? Or you wish you could have stayed a little bit longer? Um, I would have never mind staying in England a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, England I, was very, I love history. So that was like a step back in history. Yeah. So I loved England. And I also, we were only there a short time. I think North Carolina was one of my favorites. I remember the weather. That's one of my earliest memories of the places we lived. I don't remember a whole lot of, of you know, I don't remember Hawaii at all. Well, even. Hawaii was wonderful, but, you know, you kind of got island bound. Mm-hmm. And I think <clears throat> we had the most support with our uh, military families of any place other than Japan. Japan, <laughs> we had a lot of support, too, mm-hmm. and England. Um, but when you're with a military family, you know, they're they're very diverse and they have a different way of thinking. You know, they're they're more open. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, they've seen the most. They've been in different places. They can, I don't know, it, I, I feel like it, it's, they have a, um, I don't know, I, I guess they have just a better perspective of the world because they've been around different, you know, different cultures, different people, think, different environments, different things. It's just, how can you not have just a different, they don't have, a, they have more of an open-mindedness of things. Right, I think they're much more open to diversity in all aspects. Yeah. Which, Male, doesn't matter where you're from or what you believe in mm-hmm. or any of that. I think that the military was an advantage to raising our kids that way. I yeah. feel like our kids are more, much more open-minded than mm-hmm. some. Yeah. I remember as a, you know, growing, you know, growing up, going to the schools and the military schools, which I hated some of those early on military schools, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it wasn't really, I remember it wasn't really until I got out of the military school and went to the first like public school and i just noticed you know i was in elementary school so it wasn't really that good of an example but i remember as time went on i just remember just how different it it felt versus on base housing kids going outside and playing it was just a diff it was different you know it was Mm -hmm. um because i I remember when we used to live on base i mean we could go everywhere i mean yeah i felt a lot safer yeah and then that's a whole nother that's a whole nother topic but anyways let's kind of switch gears a little bit dad so you uh you served in the military for quite some time you've seen a lot of cool stuff you have some good knowledge of you know jets and planes and artillery and, and you know all that info and stuff so i have to ask you a a good question without you saying too much who would win in a fist fight between USA and Russia? No guns, <laughs> no artillery, no no nukes, chemicals, jets, no submarines. Uh, there's no weird warfare where they, you know, we we take out each other's water supply or anything. Who would win in a war if it was fought in neutral territory in a fist fight? Uh... Honestly, I couldn't give you a good answer on that. I would think it would come down to a draw. It, uh, yeah, it depends on whose army and the military is bigger than the other. Because, because if you got into a fist fight, you beat one guy, but the enemy would beat two other guys, and, and then you got three guys on top of you. So I don't yeah. know. Right. I mean, I would take one Rambo over. You know, just ten regular guys yeah. in the military. Yeah, but uh, if if you would think that the army or or the marines had Rambo's, 
and, um, and believe me, the Marines do. Uh, you got to take it that uh, Russia has the same thing or the same equivalent. <laughs> they have their Rambo's as well. So, so you think we're pretty level? Pretty level, yeah. On on that basis, yeah. Yeah, I. That's that's really hard. I mean, I want to say it because I'm pro U.S. You know, I'm very patriotic, and I you know I love U.S. I would say I would say we would have it, but. Well, I'd be rooting for U.S. Of course. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I think it'd be a really good fight. But you know, I think what would happen is, because of you know, they're, if they're fist fighting, I think it, they would just all end up becoming best friends at the end. They could. They could. Uh, there's the true story in World War One that uh, uh, Christmas Eve, the German soldiers and the French soldiers came out of their trenches and met together and celebrated Christmas together. That's a true story, yeah, that's true. and and then uh, when uh, when Christmas was over, they went back in their own trenches and continued fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only fighting because they're told to. Yeah, you know. So, mm -hmm. yeah. what what's your opinion, Mom? Do you think we would? You think we would whoop Russia in a fist fight, or do you think we'd? Uh, what do you think? Well, I'm not so sure about that either. I, I I don't think it would be a country against a country. I think it would be a person against a person. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so it, it would just come down to individual matchups. Yes, mm -hmm. makes sense. Yes. You know, um, I I would say I'd like to think that an American has stronger ties to their country than a Russian would have to his country because he's, you know, forced to do yeah. things he doesn't want to do. Yeah, I mean, and that's part of. I think that's part of the military the, right. as a whole. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I mean, know. you got into the military because you were made to get into the military. Yeah. I don't know if America's that way anymore. You get there because you want to get there, except for in times of war. When they reinstate the draft. Right. So, okay, Dad. So, what is it? Because you went through basic training. You went through all that. You know what it's all about. You know, I mean, you went through some rough training. You've seen it. Mm -hmm. Lived it. What is it about military training that turns men and women into just dangerous humans for civilians? Well, yeah, where do you say that again? That they're... What, what, what makes them just become such, you know, just dangerous people? What is it about the training that really just puts them into like, you know, just when it comes to just, you know, physical strength, the you know, in the, the mental aspects of just being you know smarter and better what makes them more of a threat well i think the military training uh, instills confidence in the trainees when they're doing and uh, going by the time they finish with their training they're much more confident in what they're doing um, they learn to respect other people mm -hmm. um, the training does that also the military training teaches uh, teamwork. Just one person alone can't can't do it all. It has to be a teamwork to make the make a win. So I think that's what the all the training in the mil in the military from basic training on up taught. Mm -hmm. Even in the schools that uh, I went to as NCO Academy and leadership schools, uh, all my promotion study and all taught about le uh, leadership and taught about uh, 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 how to get along with people. 
So yeah, I think that's that would be the answer that I give. Yeah, awesome. So basically, confidence, you know, work work as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just get along with each other and. Yeah, you you got to get along. I mean, you, you're going to have different personalities in there, but um, you you work through that difference in personality to still be able to work together. So, yeah, I don't know if if you kind of learn that in going through just a college and going into a job or not. You mm -hmm. know. So yeah, that's what the, I think that the military does for people. Yeah, that's good. All right, that's good. That's a good answer. Okay. All right. So, what is it? Or um, so, what advice would you give someone that is thinking about joining the military? And mom, what advice would you give to, like, because you didn't actually serve in the military, but you were a wife, you know, of, and you were raising a family in that in that lifestyle. What advice would you also have for? someone that is supportive of someone in the military or someone, you know, well, that's a, a key spouse. Word. I think that's a key word, support. I think um, a lot of wives that are younger didn't consider that when they... Mm -hmm. I think when we, when Dad joined the Air Force, it was understanding we'd both deal with it, whatever happened. Yeah. And a lot of young people don't do that. They get homesick, and which is normal. Yeah, we all got homesick, but at the same time, you I think you're you have to support your husband or your spouse. Yeah, so support is support. a huge support. Yeah, I think the the and is the it, spouse has to be supportive. Can can that be challenging at times? Because oh, I yeah. mean, because they know there's a lot of days, yeah, weeks that go by where you know they're deployed and you're exactly and you're basically a stay at home. Right. You're not a single mom, but it kind of feels right. that way at yes, times. It is. It's very challenging. And then you're probably balancing checkbooks and and all kinds of other things too. Right. That's also very stressful, isn't it? And you're not always living in such, you know. Uh, I think we always lived in good, um, you know, that the military provided for us. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it wasn't what you were used to. Yeah. You know, if you came in and you were used to a high end society. Mm -hmm. You know, you had to kind of back up and give. Yeah. You know, and learn to live with less. But I don't think that we ever did without. Yeah. But I think if you were a high-end, grew up in a high-end society, you were probably going to struggle. So I think support is the big thing for, for military yeah. wives. And I cannot say it's easy because you're, like you said, most of the time you're raising your family by yourself. Yeah. Did, was there ever a doubt in your mind when you were living it that it things won't get better or were you counting down the years or the days no. until he retired and you guys could stay in one spot and no i think it was the thing i think it was just something we were you were just kind of born to do huh? yeah i just... don't really regret any of it i i kind of miss mm -hmm. the um camaraderie yeah you know i think that's one thing that's kind of nice and where we're living now is there are a lot of military yeah and you know you can either military or have raised our children, we can all relate. Uh, a lot of, we're a lot of, we can relate to a lot of things, and, I think. And Dad, as someone that you, you know, you were in the military, so what what advice would you give someone that's thinking about joining? What are some things that, that probably they're not, that something that you wish you would have thought about before joining? Mm -hmm. Wow, I don't know, it, that's a hard question. Um, 
When I first came into the military, into the Air Force, back in the early 70s, I uh, had a conversation with my father and I told him all it was like and what I was going through. And he kind of shook his head and said, wow, it sure has changed since he was in the, in the Army. Um, he was in World War II and then uh, he was in the Army Reserve during the Korean War. And he said there's a lot of changes that he just didn't agree with in there and kind of shook his head. Now, all these years later, and I look back at what the Air Force is now, and I notice all these big changes. Some of them I, I can't even comprehend on them at all. So I don't know what kind of real good advice I could give anybody, okay? Except, except probably... A, it's probably true today as it is when I was in there. Whatever your recruiter tells you, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> Are they nasty? Are they mean? Or no, mean. no, they're not mean and all that. But they paint a prettier picture. Yeah, they're they're salesmen, so oh, know, okay. They're going I to see. they're going to paint a rosy picture for you, and then mm -hmm. you're going to find out that it's not quite all that rosy after all. But you 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 learn to work through that if you go in. So, so did did you early on in your childhood because you know because you joined almost right out of high school, mm -hmm. right? What made you? Did you always have in your mind that you were going to be in the Air Force? Was uh, pops was he kind of a huge influence on that, or where where did it? Did you just wake up one day and say oh, I'm joining the U.S. Air Force? No, no, my. Uh, my uh, ambition was was I, I knew I wasn't going into college because it just I wasn't, but I wanted to play in a band, and I thought, well, I could play in a military band, so I thought, and then I uh, uh, that's one of the things the recruiters told me I could, <laughs> so and I chose the Air Force because a I like the color blue. <laughs> I know it's silly, but that's I like the blue uniform, and then the other I really like airplanes because living by Lambert Field all my life, watching airplanes go over my house, including the F4 Phantom, uh, I was really intrigued with airplanes. So it seemed to me that if I joined the band, uh, a military band, the Air Force was the way to go. So I even auditioned for the Scott Band out here, the Military Airlift Command band and uh, after it was all said and done I they told me I needed a college degree to get play in the band which I didn't have so oh wow so uh, that's, that was a I bet that was a gut punch yeah that goes back to the previous thing don't but, trust the recruiters <laughs> yes <laughs> wow okay well that's good to know don't trust the military recruiters which honestly now because we know better now in hindsight that's not really all that surprising anymore I mean because like you said, they're salesmen. Yeah. They're there to get you to sign and right. that's, get their numbers up, and then that's how they get paid. So, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> okay. All right. So now let's switch over. So you guys, there's, you know, you guys have some personality. Uh, you guys are you have ho hobbies and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. mom, you know, you're you're even right now you're crocheting. Yeah, because I can't sit still and do nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, you guys also are, you guys have always been big into music, big Beatles fans. 
Yes, I was. Beatles. Beatles fans. And then uh, you guys went to a Beatles concert, right? No, we never went to a Beatles concert. They were, uh, they broke up uh, when we were still in, uh, like, a grade school or junior high school is when the Beatles broke up. But we did go see uh, Paul McCartney live twice. Okay. And we've seen Ringo Starr's and his all-star band once. Uh, John Lennon died, uh, was assassinated shortly after we got to England. So uh, that was all over the news over there when we were there, but he, he, was, he died in New York City. And uh, didn't see him, and then George Harrison didn't do any real traveling after, not very many concerts after he left the Beatles, so we didn't get, to, never got a chance to see him. No? Nope. Oh. Yeah. So, but, uh, so yes, and Mom, you did you always just kind of listen to the Beatles, or was there anything, yeah, was there any other bands that, that you listened to when you were younger that we would have no idea that you listened to? Simon and Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel? Okay. I had a lot of friends that were into bluegrass music, and they yeah. taught me basics on banjo, so I had a good time with that and singing with them. That was a highlight of my, uh, one of the highlights of our high school and younger years. Nice. Oh, so, uh, so, and so, Dad, you've always, now, you've always been the fan of drummers. Yes. Is Ringo your favorite drummer of all time? Not my favorite all-time drummer. He's a, he was one of my favorites, yes. So... And because um, you've always really liked percussionists, and you love playing the drums yourself, mm -hmm. um, you love playing the drums yourself. How did you get into playing drums as a kid? I don't know. From my earliest memories, I was, I was uh, always into drumming. I, there's pictures of me, I guess, in my baby book, where they got a little toy drum set beaten on it. So you know, since I was probably two, three, four years old, I was already into drums uh-huh so and uh, um, when I was in the fourth grade I guess I turned on the Ed Sullivan show that very night that the uh, Beatles appeared on there it was just me in the television room and <laughs> I saw Ringo playing and I thought wow yeah that's what I want to do I was already taking drum lessons by then but uh, mm -hmm. I didn't have a drum set or anything. All I had was a rubber pad and two yeah. sticks. <laughs> yeah, and you even teach dream uh, drum lessons now. Yes, I do. And you play some piano also. Yeah, I play a little bit of piano when I can. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and you're also. I mean, yeah. So you're pretty talented. Both of you are. You know, you guys got some hobby. You know, skills and mm -hmm. hobbies that you guys like to do because you, you know you crochet and sew mm -hmm. and what else? What else? Mostly crochet, sew, cross stitch. Anything with a needle or something I can just sit and enjoy. <laughs> I like what listening to baseball games and sewing. Yeah, I thanks to you. <laughs> yeah, I remember. You always, I used to always watch you sew, and it always for the longest time it always seemed like you never actually looked at what you were sewing. Like you could just watch a whole baseball game, not look down once, and then out comes the most perfect cardinal <laughs> on a bush in front of a, a river, and it's just oh, like that was the most. Cross yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just it seemed like you never. It, I don't know. It just seems like it looked easy to you. I've tried. You've tried teaching me sewing multiple times. Well, it takes just... a lot of uh, patience and endurance. And, you know, it's another thing with the military. You, Not all the times, all the places we worked, was I able to work out on the economy or anything. So I had to do something with my, um, you know, energy. Yeah. You know, if the kids were at school or before we had kids. Mm-hmm. Just sitting home. What were you gonna do? I mean, you can only clean so much. 
Yeah. yeah. Going back to the music, because you guys influenced, like, a lot of my musical tastes, mm-hmm. specifically writing with you guys. I mean, I listen to a lot of <laughs> oldies rock, mm-hmm. um, Keishi. Mm-hmm. You know, we listen, you listen to a lot of that. Uh, I remember uh, writing with you, we would listen to the guy that always did the countdown. Oh, uh, Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem, which yeah. is kind of how I kind of got my interest in kind of podcasting a little bit. Because I remember when I was younger, I kind of used to wanted to be a DJ and didn't even really want to play music. I just wanted to talk. Uh-huh. I, just I still to talk. think you should do that. I just wanted to talk about what was being played, and I didn't really necessarily want to be a DJ. And then that's you know kind of rubbed, rubbed off on me a lot. But to your in your guys' opinion, what was the golden age? music like what was the good you, know, you guys lived through lots of decades of really good stuff you guys have 50s 60s maybe 70s 70s parts of it yeah see every parts of the 50s and parts mm-hmm. of every age has its its own genre of music that they like like our my parents like big band music to them that that was the ultimate in music that was mm-hmm. didn't get any better than that mm-hmm. my dad and my mom listened to big band music until the day they died. Um, her mom and dad, uh, they liked big band, but they also got into the rockabilly uh, early 50s music, okay? Mm-hmm. And so they had that a lot. Uh, uh, her dad had a jukebox in the basement that had a lot of uh, old uh, rockabilly-type records on there, and then also Elvis and uh, uh, people of that age. And then uh, when we came along, it was the 60s, which was basically the English invasion, and then uh, the rock groups of the uh, of the 60s and uh, 70s. And we listened to a little bit of the 50s as well. So, but then if you talk to your older brother, siblings, they will probably tell you the, the best music was in the 80s. <laughs> okay. <laughs> some will. Some some might. A few of them I know don't. Actually, a few of them I think despise the '80s. Now I know Adam is he's like me. He likes the '80s. I love the '80s. That's yeah. probably yeah. where I get a Except lot. Except for hard rock, I I don't mind the '80s. <laughs> the hard rock era, I could have done without. Did yeah. you enjoy the hair bands and the, and the ballads and and stuff like that? Like it, it all depends upon the the song itself. I like. I was never a Kiss fan. They were big in the. 80s and 90s. I, I was never a Kiss fan. I, I do like some of their songs, but it all depends upon the song, and the band. So, mm-hmm. I think one thing about music that I'm, I don't care for the synthesized music. Oh I really? I like real music, real instrumentation. Instruments, and I like see, and that's that's funny because to me, I like the synth. I mean, it's it's okay, but yeah, I prefer a real <coughs> orchestra background than I would a synthesized background. Yeah, so you want you don't want computer making the a computer making the music right, you want because I think it stole from the um, instruments. Yeah, you know, it I kind mean, of. Yeah, I I get that. Right, I I just it would much prefer a rock band than a <coughs> synthesized yeah, thing. Yeah, right. Okay. So you, and you don't really like, I guess you don't like, you're not a fan of autotune then? Or autotune, you know, there's it's like a computer, basically it's, compu- okay. it's computer generated music. It's right. meant to sound poppy and Right. I mean, I, I don't mind the tunes or that kind of thing. But when they're trying to act like another instrument, yeah, 
They're kind of, to me, it's mostly mediocre. So you are not a fan of the song "A Video Killed the Radio Star." Mm, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so then, for the most part, then '80s was probably not your most favorite. Then I would say more. That's where the synthesizer started coming in. Started right? coming yeah, into yeah. so '60s and '70s is where it's at with you guys. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I think now I see more like when you watch the Tonight Show and stuff. Mm-hmm. They have well, they do have the synthesized keyboards. Yeah. But they still have like some of the brass and and a mm. real guitar and a yeah. real piano and a real. I don't mind piano synthesized, I guess. But a real drummer, not a, a drummer on a machine. <laughs> okay. All right. So, all right. So moving on talking more about the 80s because 80s i feel like in media is very uh romantic romanticized a little bit maybe too much it's very like 80s was like the best decade because it was like almost the transition of it was like right before the internet almost you know took took over and stuff like that kids were still quote unquote going outside and playing and and stuff like that and a lot of people you know there was less restrictions on stuff too people feel like there was more freedom what is your your, is the 80s overrated? Do you think people talk about it too much? Well, again, it goes to the age of the person. Like When we were your age, the greatest generation was, uh, or, the, or the, uh, the best time was the uh, 50s and 60s when we grew up. Yeah. A little bit of the 70s, and we got older, and then the media said, okay, there's... Now let's look at the 80s, the kids that woke up the 80s. Well, yeah, they really enjoyed it too. So that was the best time for them. They never experienced the 60s and the 70s like we did. Mm-hmm. Okay? And we never experienced the 30s and 40s like our parents did. Yeah. Okay? So it's what you experience as you grow up. Mm-hmm. So well, I, I think in the 40s, though, was towards the, wasn't the 40s, World War Two. World War II, yeah. yeah. And I don't think that, even though we did have Vietnam and that was terrible in Korea, but I think people communicated better then. Yeah. Now they're they're on, you know, I mean, you have social media, Mm -hmm. but when you're on social media, you don't get um, a true response because you can't see their expression. Yeah. And I, that is the kind of the criticism I hear about, like texting and mm-hmm. you know just just messaging that you don't under you don't really can't tell how someone is saying something. You can take a lot of things out of context, Text, yeah. right? And you can't see the body language or hear yeah, the tone or anything, which which says a lot. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, a lot is missing there. Mm-hmm. A lot is missing there. So, um, so do you guys even ever miss the '80s, or do you think it's just kind of overhyped? You know, I, I sometimes wonder what happened in the eighties because I think we were too busy raising you, the kids. Yeah, we were. We were busy with. Yeah, eighties was England, uh, California, and, and Hawaii for us. So yeah, <laughs> a lot happened I in bet, the eighties. I bet Hawaii. To me, in my opinion, I would have loved to have lived that. I mean, I oh, was three years. Was, I was what two, three when we left there. Yeah. And so. we had the best friends in Hawaii. Not that other mm-hmm. countries didn't have them either, but. I mean, I, I was in awe by how close everybody became. Yeah. I think even, well, it was kind of that way in Japan, because you didn't have anybody else but spoke English. But <laughs> in Hawaii, it was just a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we 
I don't know. I think the kids learn to get along with different nationalities there, mm-hmm. <laughs> different religions, because we were so active in church, but it wasn't just our church. It was a whole, there was like four or five different denominations. We were all friends, which you don't see that here. No. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It, it just, it seems like there's just the internet has just, it's just changed a lot. We, it's social, social media, I feel like we came less social in a lot of ways, more social in ways where we actually, actually, we communicate with strangers more than we used to, where we talk to strangers and stuff, but I feel like we don't really, I've, there's definitely a change in the way we just communicate. We don't, we don't, we don't really, there's not a lot of face-to-face interaction with neighbors and stuff like that anymore, even though you two actually do a really good job talking to your neighbors, mm-hmm. I feel like. So, Sometimes. Yeah. But I guess that's kind of just how, what you guys are kind of used to. Yeah, I, I miss being able to let our kids go out and play. You just can't do that anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and feel safe. Yeah. It's... Uh, I hate going downtown where I, I normally, my mind says, well, here we go. <laughs> I might get shot. I might not. No yeah. matter where you are, it doesn't matter whether it's a community that's deemed safe mm-hmm. or not safe. Yeah. There's no place safe anymore that, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I mean, I never heard of a child getting abducted until I was in, like, sixth grade. Right. So, fear is definitely more of a factor today than it used to be. And caution. And caution. Because, I mean, yeah, you guys did worry about us when we went out and played. Oh, we did, yeah. I remember me and my siblings, I mean, I know for me, I used to ride my bike all over town. I used to go places you didn't even know where I was at. And... Mm-hmm. Come back, and I remember you guys never came out looking for me, and you guys just always knew that I'd be back. Never yeah. really worried about it. And that's the way we grew up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's places my mom never knew where I was on the bike. She's probably too scared to ask. <laughs> exactly, mine too. Yeah. I don't want to know where you are. Yeah, and you know what? I think maybe that's really what it is about what people miss. It's not just the 80s. It's just their childhood. Mm-hmm. It's they remember back when they didn't have any fear and well, they remember back when fear. it when it was just kind of it was simple it was just, you know you didn't, you didn't worry about anything it was just kind of a, a different experience now you got to take caution wherever you go and you got to kind of look out and there's so many things you know also news is also a huge factor a lot of things are, are better reported than they used to be i mean every app has some sort of headline from all over the world that you can see News is just I more think, accessible. Also, in the seventies, I think it became more popular for the for um, both parents to have to work. So yeah. In the eighties, and I think women were made to feel they were less than they were just because they stayed home with their children. Mm. You know? Yeah. And you may and then the economics made you feel like well you have to go to work to make ends meet. Yeah. We I still don't understand how that happened, but right. yeah. now two people have to work. Yeah. And daycares, look, there never used to be daycares. Wow, you have a crow. I mean, it was rare to go to a daycare or a play, a play group. Mm-hmm, yeah. And now they're everywhere. And somebody else is taking care of your child, and you don't know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, It. it's just a, a huge difference, which, and I... I I feel like that that's really what people want. They just want to go back to a time. They just want to feel safe. They just want not even go back to a time. They just want their even their current time just to feel more safe and everything to be simple. They just mm-hmm. want everything to just be good. So maybe that's 
that this how they remember they just remember it being a better time than it is now which you know kids were always bored no matter what era that was <laughs> but they'll tell you different like our grandparents would say, would say we were never bored yeah we were never bored we always we were always doing something getting into trouble and, yeah. and stuff yeah so okay all right so that, that was a good conversation let's move on so now we are going on to a uh, segment which is for the uber facts these are uber facts that i read and we kind of just uh kind of discuss it and in this first one i thought it was interesting because you guys actually lived in japan and this one says that japan is the only country in the world with more pets than children the country has just 17 million ch children under the age of 16 but almost tw 20 million cats and dogs now you guys live there. You guys remember? Do you ever no, recall remember. seeing cats and dogs everywhere? No, because I always thought they were eating the cats and dogs. <laughs> <laughs> we had a cat get lost once, and I said, "Well, somebody's probably feasting <laughs> on it." Well, um, <laughs> it used to be that cats were—I mm -hmm. hate to say worshipped or yeah. yeah. I don't remember them having more pets than. So we lived off base in Japan. We lived down this little gravel street. But when you turned in down the street, the first house on your right was Japanese. Dog fighting. And they had they were raising those big dogs for fighting. Oh, really? Yeah, they were they were stuck in these little small cages all day. And every once in a while they'd be gone. I guess on like on a Saturday or a Sunday or something, they were taken out to fight and then. They'd be back in that cage, and that's where they lived, in a little small cage. That, uh, they just didn't have much room to move around in. Mm -hmm. So I thought they were kind of cruel to their animals back then, but I didn't notice any Japanese out walking their dogs anywhere. No. Really? Yeah, never seen a, no. never seen that. Uh, never, I never seen any kind of real pet stores over there that no. I yeah. went into. And. I mean, it has been some time since you guys lived there. I mean, things maybe could have changed. changed. So maybe this bit. fact is, is you know, true now. But back then, it certainly wasn't. It's yeah, I mean, it, like. and it might have been true back then. But you know, we lived in northern Japan, so we didn't, we didn't. I didn't see anything with them kind of worshiping or having pets at all. You know, like here, you go down the street, you are just going down Frank's Top Parkway. You could, uh, you always see one or two cars with a dog head hanging out of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. But never seen that in Japan. Wow. Okay. So just the children back then too, we didn't see much of them outside playing, but they were always disciplined. They their school was almost year round. And it seemed like at night they were doing some kind of activity, um doing kind of like martial arts with sticks and stuff. Uh self defense. <laughs> yeah, you never seen kids kind of just hanging out just to be hanging out really. yeah uh, i never did see that over there um that is like 40 yeah years ago <laughs> yeah but that was a long time ago yeah okay. okay all right so we're unsure about that fact it, yes. clearly it's fact but mm -hmm. kind of questioning it just from and, and yeah. it could totally be right but from your guys' experience, you did not no, really see. see it. So you cannot confirm or really deny. I can't confirm or I can 
Can't deny it. <laughs> and mom, you because you've been always been a huge pet person. I mean, I don't know how many dogs and cats you've owned. You've always, I've always. I've always had most, a cat or a dog or both. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, if you knowing you, you see a dog in Japan with him. I don't remember with, seeing dogs with him at work. You would probably try to take it in, get it taken care of. And I would have if it. I'd seen him, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I've never even seen him running loose. I mean, you know, sometimes really? dogs get out like yeah. neighbor to mm-hmm. run loose. Never seen him run loose. Like I said, all I ever saw was the fighting dogs up the street. It scared me to death, too. Yeah, I bet. I bet they were not very nice. You don't want to be anywhere near them. No. And that's sad. I mean, that's... But that's just the way it was. That's mm-hmm. just what they were doing. Yeah. Okay, so, all right, so now we're going, that was the Uber fact, we only have one. Now we're going on to the last segment, and this is one I call, I call this the question fire pit. And this, it was kind of already, we've already been kind of doing it, but this is more of a, just kind of, kind of fun, a lot of fun questions. So, like this first one, for example. If it rained down donuts one day, which donut would you want it to rain down on you? Any donuts. If it was the rain donuts yeah. for a day, which donuts would you mean? Put? Brand or kind? It's just kind of donuts. Yeah. Okay, Boston cream. Boston cream. Boston or Bavarian cream. <laughs> well, they're about the same. Yeah. Dad, I don't know. I, I guess uh, chocolate long john. Chocolate long john or uh, maple frosted. Yeah. Now, or just a chocolate glazed donut. See. I you got and you gotta say this because those are your favorite donuts. Mm. Me, I would not want to go with my favorite donut. My favorite donut is probably a chocolate frosted cake mm. or something with chocolate frosting on it. And if it's raining, probably gonna get chocolate all over me and over everything. So I probably <laughs> yeah. stick with a old fashioned donut. The glazed donut? Right. Not glazed because that donut? gets sticky and yeah. it gets all you know get uncomfortable. Old fashioned is more of a cake donut with nothing on it. Oh, so yeah, yeah. It's just a cake donut, nothing on it. Then that it's just so it's just basically raining like crumbs almost. Well, yeah. dry. that's a good dunking donut for coffee. Yeah, and then that's the thing. And and actually, I think they're underrated because they are delicious with coffee. Like they're mm-hmm. meant like so. Mm-hmm. That's how the Dunkin' Donut thing came along. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it would be less messy, less sticky, mm-hmm. and it would still be good. Yeah, you know, if it's just one day. But uh, okay, next one. What is something that was socially acceptable when you were in high school that would not be acceptable today? Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What was something that was just, you know, eh, I guess smoking for you guys, right? I mean. Yeah, I guess it was socially acceptable. How did you two not get into smoking? Because, you know, looking, it seemed like everyone was smoking back then. Smoking cigarettes or some sort of tub. You did use to smoke cigars. Yeah, I used to smoke cigars. My dad gave me a pipe, but you know we lived we lived with that. Her parents smoked constantly. My dad smoked a pipe constantly. I remember that. My mother tried smoking. She just wasn't into it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean it just it was socially acceptable everywhere you went. I mean that mm-hmm. uh, you'd go into a mm-hmm. restaurant and it was just full of smoke and. You didn't think twice about see it. See it on TV. Yeah, you see it on TV. You know. Yeah. You, even on on like if you could watch like the old variety shows where a comedian would come out, he'd be holding a cigarette, Cigar. smoking yeah. that. Uh, Johnny Carson shows in his early days, they were all smoking. So Girl even the Flintstones, the Flintstones used to do uh, 
commercials for Winston cigarette and, uh, and they used to sit around the little cartoon on they were around smoking so <laughs> Lucy yeah you know the the Flintstones okay they they seem like it's a children's cartoon I don't think it was necessarily was I no. think it was meant for fan it was like a family for the older well it was kind yeah. of a offshoot of uh, there was a TV comedy back then, a Jackie Gleason show, and and uh, really? he had a skit on there every week called the Honeymooners. Okay. It was him and his wife, which would be Fred Flintstone and Wilma, and then uh, he had his best friend uh, who worked for the. Barney sword. Rubble. Yeah, well, Fred had his best friend Barney Rubble, but Jackie Gleason's friend on the on the. On the show was uh, I can't even think of his name now, uh, but him and his wife. So the Flintstones was an offshoot of that, kind of a hmm. parody of that. I, I would hear say. that. So uh, you agree that it was never really targeted for a kid audience? Yeah, but back then uh, the TV back then was very very strict. Mm -hmm. uh, not like it is today. Well, you never see a double bed. It would always be a twin beds or yeah they'd be sleeping in or maybe sometimes you would but yeah yeah it's like that uh you Not would see the smoking on there but you wouldn't see like uh um you know like if they wore a swimsuit it always had to be like a one piece they're always covered uh nothing really sexualized no cursing no cussing yeah uh, they weren't even allowed to like show a toilet for the longest time, weren't they? Isn't it? Isn't that like? Yeah, the, they couldn't show a toilet. Yeah, yeah you know, you, <laughs> as a kid, you sit there and wonder. Well, he just got out of bed, he ate breakfast, and he's gone off to work, but he didn't go pee. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. That's true. <laughs> okay. So, all right, Dad. So you 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 both you both have owned a lot of cars. Which one was your favorite? All the cars that you've owned. Which one was your favorite, would you say? Well, I don't know. I, I had a Ford Granada when we were in Oklahoma. And then we had the Ford Maverick when we were in Michigan. That was our first new car. Yeah. We didn't have that long. I mm -hmm. wish we could have had that longer. Right. Which one, if you had to rob a bank and you needed to get away the vehicle, but one, it had to be a vehicle that you used to own, which one would be more... Would be better for that. Would be your your two your two thousand was it was it a two thousand Mustang you used to have? Oh yeah, forgot about that one. Didn't you say you, you topped off one time driving that thing? You went off. To, well, you didn't top off, but you you went to like close to hundred miles per hour once. Over hundred. Over hundred. Uh, yeah, she was sound asleep in the car. <laughs> hey, Kevin. Karen and Alex were in the back seat. Yeah. Alex was just sitting there. She's too young, and Karen was going crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> <Like>, oh, Dad. <laughs> so, but yeah, probably the robber. If I had to rob a bank and get, use a getaway car, it'd been the Mustang. The Mustang, yeah, because I don't think we're getting very far in that van that, that I remember we used to have. Yeah. That. Mm -hmm. I don't think. Um, I don't the think Volkswagen be, van or the yeah, bank. Yeah, probably fit more bank robbers, but would not. <laughs> yeah. Go very far, or very fast. Okay. All right. So. I like driving that though. Driving it. Okay, so um, last few questions. First off, um, the last one, one of the last ones is, how so? How has retirement been for you two? It's been busy. Busy. Yeah, it's been busy. Yeah. 
Do you like that, or is it do you? Do I like it? Do you wish you were working again? No, I don't want to work again. Uh, it's okay. It's again. It's like I retired during COVID, um, so then we took in Margo, which we really enjoy. Then we decided to sell the house, so we were busy getting that ready to sell. Then we had to pick up for the longest time of all the things that we wanted on this new house. They kept us busy for a year. I kept us busy, uh -huh. and then the packing kept us busy, and then then the moving in here, and then we started right on the basement, so it's been yeah. just busy, busy, busy. Busy, busy, busy. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like you're ever bored, at least. No, no. I'm not bored. Hey, so you, would you agree everything he said just been busy? Yeah, right. There are some moments where I'm like, okay, now what's next? Yeah. Do you ever miss working retail? No. Being a manager? You mean you were no. a manager of a shoe store for quite a while? Yeah. And, or a shoe department, I yeah. should say. Um, no. <laughs> I thought I would. Yeah. Because I, I, I liked... Uh, I liked interacting with people, mm -hmm. but, and I, I'm, I guess, competitive enough to want to make sales, but other than that, no. No. <laughs> no. All right. Well, um, so what advice would you both tell someone that has a big family and is still many years away from retirement? Hang in there. Hang in there. <laughs> Eventually they all get old and move out. <laughs> I, think, I think some of the things now, you know, when we were in the military, we always wanted to fix our homes up and make them a home, which was good. Yeah. But if I had to do it over again, and I was only going to be there two and a half years, hindsight, I wouldn't put money into that. Yeah. I would save it. Mm -hmm. And I am not good at saving. Yeah. But it just so sounds good. I guess when you're our situation, you just wanted to make it as comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, spending time with family is probably the most important over stuff. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. That's good advice. Huh? And you can just hang in there. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. That's what you did. Oh, yeah. We, we look at all of you, all five of you, and there are different things that have come along in their lives that. Yeah. I sometimes think, oh, I'm glad it's not us. <laughs> but mm -hmm. then I also know that you'll get all get through things. Well, that's good advice. Good yeah. words of wisdom there. Oh, you, yeah. I mean, you two did it. You're successful. Yeah. Ever... I think you have to stay close and you have to make your kids get, you can't make them get along, but you can sure um, encourage them to get along, Yeah, to be close. That's because... good. And that's definitely helped out. That's definitely been a, you know, you know, I just I hated it when any of you didn't, and I still do. <laughs> if you d disagreed, even though it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But um, one thing I think you can't take yourselves too serious. Mm -hmm. No. Just because one has an idea of how to do something doesn't make it wrong. Yeah. You know, everybody goes about things differently. So if one one family's doing one way with their child, it doesn't mean that the other way is wrong. Mm -hmm. If they're going away going through things like medical or uh, economics money what one does isn't wrong necessarily wrong mm -hmm. yeah so we're just all not different. to be we're very judge not to be judgmental that's 
Good advice. Now, it doesn't say that, oh, I see what he's doing is working. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should try it. That's okay, too. Yeah. And then there's going to be, I mean, all families, they're always going to have, you know, those issues where we don't see eye to eye, but more times than not, we all, you know, get along, we get together, and mm-hmm. it's all good. But I think I would say that we were probably one of the happiest families that I have seen. That's... And I know I'm sounding biased, but, but I don't, yeah. dis- there is absolutely no dysfunction. And we've been, and we've been, you know, we've been gifted with that. We've been blessed with that, yeah. and you know, I'm thankful for that. So, but um, I think uh, Dad and I both had good examples growing up too. Mm-hmm. Our our, our parents were both good parents. Would we do the same things with that? Our some of the things our parents did, uh, no. <laughs> but overall, I think we had good parents. Yeah. Which made us want to be good parents, and that's you don't see that a lot sometimes. All right. All right, so do you guys have any questions? Do you guys have anything? No. No? No, I just enjoyed the time here we're talking about this. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's so much more we could probably talk. I mean, we we could... It, it's crazy because, I mean, I, I literally have known you my whole life, and you've known me my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's... Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> so, weird? you know, you hear people say that about their friends and stuff yeah. like that, but, you know, there's always been like, oh, well, you didn't really meet until you were in junior high so you yeah. didn't really know each other but this is actually after you guys have known me you know my whole life so yeah and, and so much history there's so much stuff that we could talk and it's just hard to get it all in an hour mm-hmm. uh it was really great talking to you guys there's a lot of i just wish you know i just wish we could just record all day and we could just talk all day you know but um there's a lot of fascinating stay tuned, things. Stay tuned for yeah, fascinating things. A lot of insight. You know, just kind of you guys, your guys' time growing up in life with you know dealing with the military and raising a family and and, and everything and your guys' experiences with with everything and you guys your musical tastes and everything it was really good to learn. But um, I want to say thank you to both of you for coming on the show. Okay. Coming Glad on, to be here. Coming on the show. I know I asked you guys ages ago and and. Uh, you know, still trying to get the show up and running and get, stay on a consistent, on a consistent schedule, but um, I'm working on it. So thanks. Are, are you going to question the? Are you going to do this with the other family members? Yeah, I would like to. They would want to come on the yeah, show. Chris has already Chris has already been on the on the show, but I'd like to get him on again and like mm-hmm. to get the others on as well. But um, yeah, so this was a great episode. I enjoyed recording it. I want to say thank you to. You two, you know, again for coming on the show. Uh, thank you for listening, listener out there. If you're listening, thank you. We appreciate it. Um, whatever it is, whatever it is you're doing today, I hope you're enjoying it. Later. <laughs>